0: And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering IU women's basketball. This is our 84th episode recorded on Sunday, November 19th. I'm your host, Kathy Amos, and I am joined here today by my co-host, Jeff Marlowe. Tonight, we will be breaking down the Indiana Hoosiers win over Lipscomb, 77-44. And with that win, it takes the uh, women's record to now 3-1. and one. And as usual, we will start how we start every moment show. And that's with our who's your proud banner moment. And Jeff, for me, I'm, I'm going to go to about 130 left in the first half. Um, and you know, I felt like our offense had been kind of stagnant, um, not real fluid for most of the game or right around that mark. Um, we, um, Really pounded the ball down into McKenzie. She went up. She, you know, had some nice footwork. She got the ball in. She made her basket. And then on the other end, Lexi goes down and had a great defensive rebound and kicked the ball back out. They found Mac again on the second um, down on the other end for another two. She put that up. Um, McKenzie goes and dives on the ball for a, a loose ball. She gets that ball. She throws it. Um, they get it down to the other end. They get the ball out to, to Scalia for three. Then we go back down. We get another turnover. We come back down yet again on offense. And they, the I think... We got another steal and then we got the ball to Sarah again, who really drove down, hit a basket, and got her free throw for an and one. And it was just a nice 10-0 run where we really opened it up there and that took that lead up to 20 16 to 36. And for me, I picked that as my banner moment because again, I thought we looked a little bit maybe slow in the first half um, compared to what maybe we've seen with them before with their their energy. I thought offensively that really kicked us off for the rest of the game. And I felt like we came back out in the second half and it really set the tone for the rest of the game. So for me, that was my Who's Your Proud banner moment. And as always, our banner moment is brought to you by Home Field Apparel, the presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network, who includes Assembly Call and Crimson Cast. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. So you're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. Right now, they also have some retro-inspired snapback hats, Um, so go check those out if you haven't already. And the great thing is, not only do you get great quality apparel, but you are supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of Business. And if you haven't shopped there before, go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your entire first order. Again, that promo code is HOME23 for 15% off your first order. So hurry, because they are running a Black Friday special right now as well for 20% off of their website. So you can use the code Black Friday to actually get 20% off. And again, that website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Jeff, I am going to kick it over to you for Marlowe's Musings. So give us your initial thoughts on the win Friday night for Murray State as well as the win today over Lipscomb.
1: I uh, thought Friday night, they played fairly well I, on the offensive end. They were putting up a lot of points. They, I thought they did a nice job of really making sure that they wanted to pound the ball inside of the post, but they didn't finish. Uh, I remember texting you. I was actually at the game, mm-hmm. uh, watching the game, and I remember texting you that we were leaving a lot of points really on the floor because uh, Mac especially was struggling to finish around the rim. but she wasn't the only one. There were a lot of missed layups um, in that game, so we were missing inside. Um, I thought defensively, I didn't think they, I thought they were better than obviously in the Stanford game. Cause you obviously get the win, but they were giving up 79. I will say this having attended the post-game press conference, coach Morin was not Happy with the defensive effort at all, um, I, and I thought that was really interesting. I probably again easier when it's your team to be a little harsher about. Them. I, I at least thought it was an improved after. I thought they did a better job on Friday of of knowing, but there were still breakdowns, and you could see that from where I was saying there were breakdowns communication wise. And Coach Warren pointed that out. They had one uh, early about raw, just about three minutes into the third quarter. They didn't hustle back on tr- D in transition, gave up a layup. I mean, all the things that she even said in the post game where you know just are not acceptable that's not what they've built their system on and but she also said that's on them that's on them as a staff that's on her as the coach to get those straightened out um and with that so you know it was it was good from the standpoint of offensively they put up 112 points but they were still really not locked in defensively um and you could see that even, like I said, watching it as kind of a, an observer who, who wasn't maybe quite watching it like a coach would from the sideline. I thought today, Kathy, I didn't think the defense was a whole lot better. I thought it was somewhat better. Um, uh, but I still saw instances where we got beat on the drive. I saw instances yep. where we didn't really seem to know when we were switching and when we were fighting through. So I think they may have gotten better in the last couple of days and, you know, 36 hours of practice time. And I, but I think it's still like coach Morin said on Friday, I think it's still a work in progress. Now they give up fewer points, but I, I, I don't know. I kind of get your thoughts too. I just, I I thought it was kind of a disjointed game. Yeah, they made that nice run at the end of the second quarter. Had a little bit of a decent run, you know, maybe at the in the third quarter. But I I just, I don't know. I just didn't feel like they were firing on all cylinders today. Even.
0: Yeah, I I agree with all of that, Jeff. And I, you know, I listened to Coach Morin's press conference from today's game. I didn't listen to Friday's, but you know, they were asking her again about her grade on defense, and you know, she gave them a C on Friday night, Mm -hmm. and she said a solid B tonight. Where I took guess fair. yeah, I do too. I think that, you know, she said we've definitely improved, but we're not where we need to be. And we're not where we want to be as, as a program or as a team today. So I'm um, really focusing again on, on trying to prepare for that Fort Myers you know, tournament that they have coming up here over Thanksgiving weekend. So, you know, she was, she wasn't real super happy today either, which is interesting. Cause if you look solely at the, the box score and you're like, well, they only gave up 44 points. That's great. But to your point, it, it didn't, And I don't know if it was only because of our defense, but, you know, I thought Lipscomb's kind of – left some points on the the you know missed some shots I know a couple of times I said oh you know someone from our team so-and-so got kind of lucky she lost her person mm-hmm. and they had a wide open shot and Lipscomb just missed it and, and you know I I said that a couple of times throughout the game today so I I definitely agree I don't think it was back to where you know we're kind of been expecting in the years past and it's felt like that so far you know early on we've only four games into the season but it's kind of felt like that early on and it was really exposed in that Stanford game and so we'll I think it's going to be a big test here on Thursday coming into to Tennessee.
1: Well, I, I just think I follow up with that on you a little bit. I just think that like when I was watching it Friday night, I noticed a little bit, I noticed that someone too, there's still a little bit of standing, you know, they're, they're really not yeah. staying down in a stance very well for very long. There's some reaching um, as well. Now let's face it. Also, you know, uh, we saw this Friday night. She got her injured a little bit. Coach Morton, which I actually was surprised in the post game, identified as a little bit of a hamstring issue with Sydney yeah, Parrish. Sydney, I didn't, yeah. I didn't think Sydney moved quite as well today. I remember yeah. texting somebody that you know Sydney had seven points and six rebounds, three assists at one point in the game. And I think that's pretty much what she finished with, but. I just yeah. felt like she was invisible at times. And and my friend said that they they kind of felt that she still was being hobbled a little bit. And I think that I think that's one of those things that if you're especially you're there, you might notice a little bit better than you do on TV. I thought mm-hmm. the thing, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, the interesting one to me on that press conference on Friday was she flat out told told uh, in the press conference that coming back from Stanford that Chloe Moore McNeil said they were soft. Chloe just yeah. said they were soft defensively. And, and I thought that was striking. Not only a that Chloe would say that, but b that Coach Moren would share that. And then her other yeah. that kind of floored me because I know sometimes when you coach, you 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 don't want to bring up kind of the past. But she, you know, again, Grace Berger, her quote, Grace Berger's not walking through that She's door anytime that. soon.
0: Yeah. 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 And this team and, you know, that's what I guess is kind of surprising to me is, you know, we got four of our five starters back and five rotation players, you know, that were heavy on the team last year, last year, rather. And, you know, they're they're experienced players that we got back. So I'm just a little surprised at the, the lapse in defense because it's not like I feel like we're seeing it from. Our our bench players, right? No. Like you know, coach called out McKenzie today, letting you know them getting the basket underneath, and you know, giving up an easy bunny, and a couple of other people that she actually called out in that post game press conference. And so um, that's to me what is surprising is, yes, I, I I knew we would miss Grace with her leadership and her defense. What I didn't expect is that the rest of the remaining players would have regressed the way I feel like we've kind of seen them regress this year. So. What do you think, Jeff? Should we jump in? We'll mainly concentrate on today's game with Lipscomb, but maybe we can talk about it, a few of the pivotal plays that we we kind of saw today. Do you have, want to go first?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was one of those. I was trying to keep one eye on the men's game and I was also trying to keep, you know, like uh, you know, almost like a half an eye on, on the men's game and, uh, and and three halves on the women's game because I, obviously I knew we were doing this show. Um, I, I just thought a couple of, the, I, I go with you, but there was one stretch there for me was a pivotal play just, but I think it was one of those. Also, sometimes we get by those sides, Mac, Mac got out and, and I think either on a dive in transition or she, or she kind of trailed the transition, got into the, into the paint. They found her for a layup and she got fouled and then missed the free throw, got her own rebound. And then kicked it out to Sarah for a three. And I, and I just, to me, that's the kind of thing, yeah. that, you know, that was a, a real pivotal play, not because it, it was the difference between winner or losing, but here's your all American who was willing to go after a missed free throw. And I thought that to me, that yeah. speaks volumes and hopefully that's wearing, hopefully that's, that's being seen by the others.
0: Yeah, I, I had a couple of those moments written down for McKenzie today, you know, um, about 648 left in the game. The game as well at that point probably decided. But, you know, she comes in and she has a, a monster rebound and um, she gets it and gets that offensive rebound, puts it back up for two and, and has an and one opportunity. She missed the shot, but the free throw, but she made the shot. And I just thought, again, you know, that showed a lot of leadership on the floor through her, her. um through her actions. And I thought McKenzie overall had a fairly good game. She still seems like she's missing shots. Um, especially Friday night, she really did seem to miss some shots that she normally doesn't do. And I still saw a few of those today, but one thing I do wonder Jeff, and maybe this is just, you know, complete speculation on my part, but I've noticed she's got her right upper thigh, a kind of inner thigh taped now with some KT tape, And I wonder if she maybe tweaked that, that groin or something and it's throwing her off a little bit. And again, I, this pure speculation on my part, And you know, she's clearly playing through it. And she had a, I thought she had a really nice game today with, you know, she ended up playing 28 minutes and had 23 points, almost a double, double one rebound away from that with nine rebounds and another block shot. And, you know, um, with that rebound, she's only like two now from moving up on that all time rebounding list. And, um, you know, she's she's really moving up on that list. So I, overall, I, I wonder if there's something there. Or maybe she still has a little confidence shaken from the Stanford game. I don't know. She doesn't quite seem as crisp as I think we mm. saw from her last year. But I don't any think overarching we'll ever, thoughts on McKenzie?
1: No, nah, and I don't think we'll really ever know. Kathy, I think you're hitting something on the head. I think Eagle Eyes talking about that in the workaholics a little bit. That yeah. Is she nursing a little bit more of an injury? Is the, is the knee possibly still bothering her a little bit? And if it is, or if it's that hamstring or quad that may be bothering her, then that would affect your fluidity a little bit. You're not going to be moving quite as well. You're not going to be quite as strength, you know, dynamic finishing at the rim. So I think there's some things there. Again, you got Sydney Parrish that we know is dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue. And you look at, you know, today, you know, um, Sydney played 20 minutes, all right, which to me probably was a good number for her to play today, but you know, it's those can be tricky. I mean, those can be even when you think they're finally starting to heal up, and it just oh, a little tweak here, a little tweak there, and all of a sudden you're back to where you feel like it's you know just nagging you. So you know, th- those little things like that are huge. But um, I will say this: I do want to call uh, talk about pivotal play and and per yeah. se, and 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 I don't know how to call it a pivotal play here. Um, more more along the line of a um, it just really was kind of maybe almost really surprising. Pivotal play was and struggled today. Yarden yeah. Yarden really struggled. At one point, she had more turnovers uh, than she had points. As she finally finished up with five points and three rebounds, but she had three turnovers, and she just yeah. really looked like she was struggling today. And I wondered a little bit, like again, they should be used to it. But it was a Sunday afternoon game, you know, and it just made me wonder if they were having a hard time getting any energy going, you know, but th- again, there's, you know, they've played enough afternoon games. You would think that, you know, with a veteran group, if they were a bunch of freshmen and a couple, yeah. you know, a couple juniors, I could maybe see that, but it just, kinda, that's kind of what I got out of the, I kind of got that vibe that they just had trouble getting energy going for much of today.
0: Yeah, I did too. I, you know, like I said, until they had that 10-0 run at the end of the, the first half, it really, that whole first half, it just, they felt kind of flat. And, yep. you know, but you did see some good energy coming in. You know, one of the plays I wrote down was with three minutes left of the game, Lene Beaumont comes in off the bench and, you know, she dives on the ball, oh, dives on the ball, dives on the floor <laughs> for a loose ball. And again, mm. you know, I saw the energy was higher in that that second half and I started seeing more of those types of plays that we saw from um, Lene you know, Lexi had, I thought just a really great all around, um, great hustle game, you know, um, coach called her out specifically on her defensive end. And, um, I thought that she had some nice hustle on the offensive end too. So I think that we had some really nice glimpses, but, um, I agree with you on Yarden. She just, kind of looked flat today. And to be honest, I think Chloe Moore McDeal looked flat too. And, you know, same thing, you know, I think we saw Lexi play a lot more for Chloe in that first half than we normally would have. And Chloe ended up only playing 21 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, And Lexi played 21 minutes. And that was just, I thought pretty uncharacteristic of Chloe too, because usually she is our hustle person, right? She is that one that comes in and has that great energy and she looked really flat today too. So I, I you know, hopefully they're getting this, um, you know, out of the system and, and working on, on themselves. And it sounds like, you know, you wouldn't have expected this in a 44 to 77 win, but I think there are, are some, some things there to kind of, you know, we we kind of seen now throughout the season, a little bit low on defense and a little bit slower on, on the, offensive end as well. So um, do you have any thoughts on Chloe though? Am I, you know, maybe misjudging, but it felt like she was a little slow today too.
1: Yeah. I just, you know, again, another one I thought that she, uh, maybe she, I was just having a hard time finding much energy today. Cause again, she only took three shots. She had, Uh, She got a little bit of foul trouble. She had four fouls, Mm -hmm. so you know that was you know those not like her. Yeah, yeah, which is not like her. Um, You know, and a couple of assists. You know, says you know, I thought was interesting. Two things I want to point out here, Kathy, and get your thoughts on. At one point in in the first half, and and you look at overall the first ten baskets they had, they were all assisted on. Now the problem was they were also, you know, turning it over, and I'm going to get to that in just a yeah. second. But yeah. they finished with 23. They t- finished with 23 assists on 31 made baskets, so they were getting the ball to people in spots they would score. The thing, big thing, was they were turning, especially in the first half. because I mentioned, turning it over, they finished with 14 turnovers. They had nine, I think, in the first half.
0: Yeah, they had seven in the first quarter.
1: Yeah. So, um
0: that was very very it just really again that the offense just didn't feel great in that first quarter. Um for sure again just kind of <laughs> just stagnant at times, you know, they're they're but it, they had a lot of assists and, you know, they, that's the one thing that was, I think, really good again, that the coach, uh, coach Moran called out in her press conference. Again, she just really felt like they shared the ball really well, but mm-hmm. called out the turnovers. Yeah. Seven in that first quarter. So they had half of their turnovers. They ended up with, they had 14 on the game and had half of them in that first quarter, just very uncharacteristic. And, um, you know, again, Three from like you pointed out from Yarden. And then we had two from Sydney and two from um Lexus as well, and two from Lily. So it wasn't like it was just mainly one person who was leading the, the charge in the turnover front. It was really kind of a, a whole team thing that they all got in on the a act, balance. I guess.
1: A, a balance effort on the turnover. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and how many of those in the first half? I'd have to go back and actually watch the video again. But how many, Kathy? At least half of the turnovers, I'll bet were either on of a course. moving screen or a charge. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, I I don't know. like. Yeah, I watched the game after, so I probably was able to pay a little more attention after the men's game. I just I didn't watch it live, but um, yeah, they just um, it was a lot of unforced turnovers, mm-hmm. really in, in there. their um, you know they there was moving screens like you mentioned, you know, a couple times where they sailed the ball over somebody's head, and again, just not what we're kind of used to seeing from this team, but I I think that. It, I feel like they're just going to keep getting better throughout the year. We saw improvement already from Friday to to today, Um, but overall, I just thought again that first quarter, especially, but the the first half in particular, just felt a little bit off offensively in particular.
1: Yeah, I also think to a certain degree, I'll be interested to see how they develop over the next couple of weeks because in the past we always knew Grace Berger was going to get the ball in her hands at the end of a game. Yeah, yeah. When when Grace, if Grace was healthy you know grace was going to get the ball at the end of a game and either create something for herself or create something for somebody else and she would find the right person i think that may still be one of the things they're struggling with a little bit even though they have people back I, and I, to me those are pivotal plays because those are things you're trying to learn right now is who do you want to trust at the end of a game at the end of a quarter you know to to it and obviously mac is somebody you'd want to put have the ball in their hands but i don't think mac can come to the top of the key for example and get the ball and go pass somebody one-on-one you, you're really need somebody like, and this is where I think would be interesting, Kathy, kind of get your, your thoughts. And again, I know it's early, but I really am interested to see what a Lene Beaumont could kind of do in that situation.
0: Yeah. You know, and I've been really just super impressed with Lene. She was one of the people I broke down a a pivotal play. One thing, again, I already mentioned her diving on the floor, but also at the end of the quarter um, I thought just really smart basketball from her. So, you know, Lily got the ball and threw it out to Lene and Lene could have taken the shot. But instead, she shot. She passed it over one extra pass to Sarah, and Sarah ended up draining the three that took that lead to like thirty-one to fifty-eight at the time. And again, I just thought that showed some really unselfish play from Lene, and it was very heads-up play from Lene as well to make that extra pass. She could have easily just made, you know, threw that shot up there. But Sarah, you know, Sarah's our, our sharpshooter here tonight, and you know I, we haven't quite talked about her yet, but I think Sarah's been really playing fantastic, but. Lene made that high IQ extra pass. And that is what I really love seeing from her. And she's not afraid of the moment when we see her playing either. You know, she's playing in front of a, you know, nice sized crowd that they never had in high school. And she came into multiple games now and she seems ready to go. She's making smart plays, room for improvement and everything. She's a freshman, but I think she's going to be really fantastic for us here throughout the whole year.
1: Well, I texted it out there tonight when I was, or not texted, but when I was doing the Twitter feed on Friday night, I, I think her and Jules both have huge futures ahead yeah. of them. Uh, I think Lene may just be a slightly a little bit ahead right now, but I, but it's not a lot. The other thing, I don't know if I could, I, I'm going to throw this in here, Kathy, and again, I, uh, I know it's your show tonight, but, but it's interesting <laughs> to see what. Gosh. Um, Yeah, but I mean, you're 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 the host, but you know, and I'm the co. I'm the, I'm supposed to be the co-pilot tonight. But I I don't know where else to put this because we you know, but as a but um, nine players in double figures today, nine players with double-digit minutes today. Ten on Friday night. I I think that's huge because we know when it gets to the Big Ten, that number is going to drop. But I like yeah. the idea that we're getting to that ninth person in the rotation and starting to get them some minutes. I know the tenth person probably not going to get double di- you know double digits. In minutes, when we get to the Big Ten. But if we can get to eight, nine, I think that's huge for this team.
0: I do too. We can get eight, especially that can come in and play some really good, meaningful minutes off of that bench. I think that, you know, that's something, again, we've been talking about for, you know, years now with this, the team is that we just have to be able to develop some bench strength that we can rely on in some of these closer games. And, you know, um, it, I think we've gotten some really great experience now here at the first four games that I, I think is just really going to play off some, some dividends here as we continue into the the year. Um, particular one person, I think off the bench who I've been the most impressed with is um, Lexis Vargaser. Um, I think she is both Friday night and Saturday night, especially, excuse me, Friday night and this afternoon. Today is Sunday, not Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I think Lexi has really come in and gave a given some really fantastic time. She looked a lot more poised today. You know, I thought she had great energy compared compared to SME, our starters, even you know, the coach called her out in the press conference of being able to run that, you know, high pick um screen action that they were trying to, to run in the second half. And she just was executing things today at a little crisper level. Um, then, you know, maybe we've seen from her in the past for sure, because I just think that she's really making that sophomore jump that we really like to see. Mm. Um, So for me, Lexi has been the star of our bench, but what are your thoughts on, on Lexis?
1: I want to save that because I think we're going to talk about at least I'm going to talk about Lexus a little bit here in a, a little sure. bit. So but I like your thought about that. Um but I think point out real quick here. Um, Friday night, I was a little surprised by this, but Friday night we we actually got beaten bench points, but we had 37 bench points in that game on Friday night. 37. There have been times yeah. when we've talked to right. come on out here and talk about it and we've been lucky if we felt like we got a bucket or two? And then today right off the bench. I mean, and then today we were 16 to seven in positive. We were, we won the bench point 16 to seven. So, so the bench is giving us things. I think that's the other key thing that, you know, in fairness to coach because we've been on here, like you said, for two plus years yeah. wanting more depth, but sometimes it's hard to have confidence when they're not putting numbers in that, you know, and it doesn't always have to be scoring. That's obviously the thing we're going to look at with yeah. kind of a stat, but they got to be putting crooked numbers up and rebounds and assists, things like that. And a lot of times we, we get, mm-hmm. would look back and they're just, you know, so it was kind of the chicken or egg thing. Are they not putting up stats because they aren't getting time or are they not getting time because they aren't putting up anything when they do get some minutes? Right. Well, this group right now is putting up some stats.
0: Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about that with our bench play. You know, um, Lexus came in and gave us seven rebounds. Lily had five. Um, Jules had two more. Um, and then you had um, Ariel Whitney come in and give us two really nice rebounds. I think they were both offensive rebounds. And even Sharnice, when she got in there for that last minute, was able to get pulled down two rebounds. And then, you know, on this side, I already mentioned Lene, she ended up with three. Um, Henna had one. Ariel had one. Um Lexi had two. So yeah, to your point, they're not just coming in and giving us, you know, some some time here and there, but they're coming in. You know, we had three people with double-digit minutes today off of the bench, and they're putting in some numbers. Lily was really close, too. She was at nine minutes, so she was right there, too. And they're, they're very positive minutes, too, to your point. So mm-hmm. I think our bench is looking a lot better than we have seen in years. I mean, shoot, I remember, what, two, three years ago, and, you know, especially in our these close games, we've had people playing 38, 39, even 40 minutes and yeah. getting no rest at times. And I don't think we're going to see that this year. I think our bench is definitely looking a lot better than it has in the past
1: yeah i agree yep um,
0: any other pivotal plays or overarching themes from either game Friday or today, or you want to move on to our game
1: balls? No, I think we've covered the, the kind of pivotal plays, especially too. talking earlier about Coach Moore's press conference after Friday night. I think we hit the highlights of that. I do too.
0: Well, good. Well, let's give out our game balls. Let's um, maybe start with Friday night and then we'll go into today's as well. And we'll just do both at the same. So if you're watching live on YouTube, um, just to kind of recap our first two games, um, Garzon got one game ball and Sydney Parrish has one, so we have two players each with a ball. So let's start with Friday night, Jeff. Um, who did you have in that Murray State game for your game ball?
1: Oh, on Friday night, I thought this was a tough one. I really did. Um, but I, I was—I went with Mac on Friday night just because more of the rebounds. She had twenty points and ten rebounds. Her first double double of the year. Uh, I mean, obviously, we could have had Sarah in here as well, but she was my other one. But I, I went with Mac here. Twenty points. 10 rebounds she had three assists as well plus a block and a steal so i went with mac on friday night
0: yeah um i had the same two people um i originally wrote down sarah but i ended up changing my mind too as well um with mckenzie with her first double double of the year so yeah so we'll give mckenzie our game ball then for friday night and the murray state game and then how about for today who do you have for um your game ball today
1: I came down to the same two. To me, it was only the only two really today were them. And I and I'll go with Sarah today. She had I thought you know twenty four points, six rebounds, five assists, and a steal. So I'm going to go with the slight nod to Sarah today because again she's had she had an excellent weekend. Like we said, she had uh, she had twenty two points on Friday night, four rebounds, three assists, and a steal. So you know very easily could have got it on Friday as well. But you look at that weekend, she you know she basically averaged. Uh, 23 points over the last two games. And, you know, again, that's what we're looking for. She was, uh, five of seven on threes today. And then on Friday, she was, uh, on Friday, she was two Two for six. So she's Mm -hmm. seven for 13 over the last two games.
0: Yeah. And uh, I have the same, I have Sarah as well Um, and risking a jinx. um, She's perfect on free throws for the year, (laughs) which I think is, is just huge, especially after we had the, was it the exhibition game where they shot so poorly or I think it was the exhibition game. So we were kind of watching free throws, but what I think I really enjoyed from Sarah, you know, when we, when she came over to us from Minnesota, we were expecting her to be that three point threat and she kind of fell off last year. Um, a little bit from you know where we had seen her, and I think she's right back at it. Like you mentioned, five it was five of seven three point shooting—that's f- phenomenal. But not only do I see her really shooting the ball well again, I find she's more aggressive, trying to get to the to the to the hoop too. Like I find her driving and finishing through contact, and really just doing a nice job all around. She's had some really nice assists. I think what we're seeing from Sarah this year is just. Fantastic. I think um, overall, she's probably got some of the best all around game offensively in particular, um, way more than what we saw from her last year. So it's really great to see her, her confidence back.
1: You well, know, I think with Sarah, it just takes time. It's hard. Even though as we thought she'd be really good and could help us out with what she'd done in Minnesota, you were, you were stepping into a pre veteran group that already kind of understood yeah. where they were and what their roles were. And now you got Sarah trying to kind of step in almost, I think everybody thought she was going to be the Allie Patberg type person. That really wasn't Sarah's. That's not her nature. I will say this. I thought, and I, I want to give kudos to you, Kathy, because you pointed out already. Uh, I'm just going to say it a little bit different way. It's just that, I when you're at the game, you notice that Sarah plays one speed all the time. I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's full go, and I think that's again that's something hard sometimes to see on TV when you're not always seeing the whole floor of the whole all five people at, at the same time in the video feed. But Sarah, you know, she she goes hard, and you know she makes some plays sometimes that you're kind of going shake your head like mm, maybe going a little too fast on that one. But right. she plays one speed, and that's it. You know, aggressive yeah. all out.
0: Yeah, I think, and you know, maybe she's not a vocal leader, but I think her play is making her a great leader for us this year. Um, so just really enjoying Sarah all around, um, from her tonight. And yes, McKenzie has definitely looked a lot um, better here the last two games too, but you know, we'll have to keep an, keep an eye on her with um, finishing some of those those bunnies that again, we're just not characteristically used to seeing her missing, um, but overall they were definitely our two leaders, I think from a play perspective. Anything else on game ball or should we move on to our hardest worker?
1: I'm right for the hardest worker. All right.
0: So now we will um, talk about our Grace Berger hardest worker award. And again, if you're watching on the screen, you can see that we have Bargasser with one and Lene Beaumont with one from our two first games. Um, And so Jeff, uh, let's start with Friday night. Who do you have for your hardest worker of the game Friday?
1: Wow, this one was a tough one because you had so many kids that played well off the bench. Um, I thought you really, and there, but there were a couple that really stood out to me. And uh, and with that, and that was Lexi Bargesser and and Lily Meister. And on Friday night, I'm going to go with Lily, uh, just slightly here. She had, you know, she played. She only played 15 minutes, but she had 12 points, seven rebounds, and an assist. And so I'm going to go with Lily Meister on Friday night.
0: Yeah, that's great. I, I had the same two people written down as well. Um, I actually, um, hadn't actually, I I gave mine to Lexi, but I have zero problems with Lily either. I mean, 12 points. I I wonder if that is her first double digit scoring in her career. If not, it's, she can't have too many of them. I wouldn't think. Um, but I think she's been really good coming off of the bench and really helping, um, give McKenzie some, some needed rest. And, you know, we're not, um, You know, she doesn't look like a a freshman anymore, which is good, you know, because she's not. And I think she's made some really nice improvements. So um, while I had Lexi written down, I have zero problems with Lily. So let's give it to to Lily then for for Friday night. Um, That is her first hardest worker. But how about this afternoon's game?
1: Well, I, real quick, I'll say this about Lily too. Yeah. It's gonna be hard for her at times to put look like she's putting up huge numbers. I still yeah. say Lily Meister is going to have a really good last two years of her career. I like a lot almost everything about her game, but she's setting behind, you know, she's playing behind an all-American right now. You know, so yeah, so she's, you know, she's not going to get 25, 30 minutes a game. Like she will, I think, or at least I think she will in the next couple of years when I think you're going to mm-hmm. see her really put up some big numbers, at least in double digit scoring, double digit rebounds. Cause I really like everything she does. But as far as today, then it, again, there were a couple here. I was kind of looking at Lexi. I was looking at Linnae. Um, uh, Lily was in a little bit of the conversation today, but I'm going to go with Lexi Bargester today. She only, you know, she only had five points, but she had seven rebounds, two assists, a block, you know, and then that goes along with the twelve points and four rebounds and four assists that she had on Friday. So so Lexi, you know, kind of in the you know, what we were talking about in the game ball, Lexi had a really good weekend and I thought she deserved the the Grace Burger hardest worker today.
0: Yes. I a hundred percent agree. Um, I had Lexi written down, I think before the fourth quarter even started. Um, you know, I think we saw again, like some really great stuff from her in a hustle, you know, things that don't even show up, um, going out there, um, seven rebounds is huge too. She was, you know, second on the team behind McKenzie in rebounds too. So, you know, I just have really um, been enjoying, like I said, what earlier, what I've been seeing from Lexi coming in off of the bench. I think she's just been a really fantastic addition to the team. And she's going to really give us some good minutes and kind of what you were saying with Lily. I think what we see with her and her last two years, are going to be really mm-hmm. some, some fun things to, to watch her growing there as well. So with that, that gives, um, Lexi Bargesser her second, um, hardest worker, um, of the game award. Um, so now she has two Lily Meister has one and Lene Beaumont has one. So with that, Jeff, um, what are, um, kind of your, your overarching thoughts from the last two games. And then we'll talk about our upcoming games that we have over Thanksgiving.
1: Um, I, I thought that, uh, again, we talked about earlier, we, they, they, played better than they did last week in Stanford. Um, but it's not, I, I think to a certain degree, we also, maybe as fans, we need to temper it somewhat expectations. Cause I think, Again, we've pointed this out. The workaholics have kind of pointed this out. Coach Moore, I think, brought it up for this reason on Friday night. That this is still a team that, even though there's vets, we're used to looking at Grace Berger for you know to do things in the locker room in a practice session, just to be Grace Berger. And it's going to take some time for that to kind of shuffle out to who's going to be that person. Um, with that. And I think they'll get it figured out quicker than, you know, than sooner than later, I should say it that way. But I think it was, you know, they still got to get better defensively. I think that's still, like you said, coach Moran gave them a B today, which was way better than the C she was willing to give them. That was a big grudging C that she gave on Friday night. It was almost like she wanted to give them a D. Um, But, you know, we're going to find out a little bit more about them now. They're going to go down and play two good teams. Tennessee's ranked and Princeton just took UCLA. Yeah. day to a three-point game. So they're going to get a pretty good test down in Fort Myers this weekend, and that's good. But, you know, again, we've said this all on Coach Morin, Grace Berger told me this a couple of years ago that they are not afraid to play teams, and I think that's good.
0: Yeah, I do too. Well, great. That's a fantastic segue. Let's talk about those upcoming games. Let's start with Tennessee. So I'll talk a little bit about Tennessee as a team, and then if you want to dive into some of the personnel, Jeff, I think that would be great. Um, So today, Tennessee is currently two and one. Um, This game is going to be on Thursday, November 23rd. So Thanksgiving, the um, game tips off at um, six Eastern five central and will be on Fox. So Tennessee is number 15 in the AP poll number 20 in the coaches poll. Um, They have beat Memphis and Florida A&M. Their one loss was a one-point loss to number 18 Florida State. So really close game for them as well. Um, They are playing Troy today for their fourth game. Mm -hmm. Um, last year they were 25 and 12. Um, they made it to the regional semifinal and lost to Virginia tech. there, 73 to 64 in terms of the IU Tennessee record. Um, that is one and two overall Indiana is winning last year in Knoxville, 79
1: to 67 in um, mid November.
0: So Jeff, you want to talk about coaching and some other players?
1: Yeah, and, and K- Kelly Harper in her fifth year overall at Tennessee. She's 90 and 40 uh, in her time at ten- at Tennessee. She's in her 20th year overall coaching at 375. She's 375 and 248. They are led by really the kind of, and I believe, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Kathy, but uh, Rakea Jackson did not play in that game in Knoxville last year.
0: I don't think she did. I mean, I, it,
1: I'm I pretty sure she, she missed that game. Hurt. Yeah, I, I mean, want to say she missed that game. So, the, the, Rakea Jackson is an All SEC performer. Uh, she was a, she's on the preseason All SEC team. She was a preseason honorable mention, I believe, All American. So, uh, and again, it's early in the year, so I don't like to look at early season stats game by game because a game or two can really s- skew where you are. Um, but Rakea Jackson, career wise, seventeen points a game. Six rebounds a game, forty-eight percent from the field, seventy-three percent from the free throw line. She's not going to shoot a ton of threes. She'll shoot a few here and there, but she's not a high high volume or a high percentage shooter. She'll be there. She'll you know she's a six-two senior plus. She'll be a primarily a forward kind of inside player for them. And then Jewel Spear, 5'10", senior forward. Now, she's transferred in from Wake Forest. She was all ACC in 2022, and I think she was second team all ACC last year. So her career stats are all from Wake Forest, but she averaged 16 a game at Wake Forest, seven rebounds, two assists, shot 37% on threes and 82% free throws. And so that's a, a player that they did not have last year against Indiana. And then Sarah Puckett a 6'2 junior guard slash forward wing player uh, who's really starting to get her really some big minutes now. She's been a role player, bench player the first couple of years. But in her first two years at, in Knoxville, she's about six points a game, four, three rebounds, and 78% on free throws. Had been a str- had been struggling shooting the ball coming into this year, but her first few games, she's put up some decent percentages. So that's one I'd keep an eye on. But again, it's early in the year, but she's she's one of those that's bided her time, it looks like, and now she's ready to kind of have her breakout year. So those are the three players I really would keep an eye on on Thursday. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this game for a lot of reasons. Um, one of which is my husband and I will actually be in Fort Myers in person to be able to to watch this game. So really excited about that. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how we can handle Ricky Jackson, because like you mentioned, we didn't get to um, play against her last year and and have that. Um, but you know, somebody's putting up 17 points per game, um, and almost six rebounds. Um, you know, it's somebody that you definitely are going to need to, to watch out for. So I'll be curious too with Jewel Spear coming in from Wake Forest, how she's fitting in with the team. I haven't seen Tennessee play this year year yet, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think this is just an important game for us. You know, hopefully they come out and are a lot more, you know, better prepared than they were against Stanford. This is another ranked opponent in a time for them to say, you know, Hey, we're, we're still in this conversation as a team, you know, um, on a national level and that Stanford game, that was a fluke. And I really just want to see them come out and play with high energy on this game from the beginning and really start locking in on defense. So those, those that's really what I'm going to be looking for is defense. And I think rebounding for me are the two keys that I'm going to be kind of walking away, um, Walking into the arena, watching for, but what are some of the keys you're kind of looking for, Jeff?
1: Yeah, and I wish I could be there, Cadby. And I think one of the things, if I was, you know, if you get close enough, I don't know how your seats are going to be. But are you can you hear? Can you hear them communicating? Are they talking yeah. on the defensive end? I, I still think that's their biggest problem. I don't. It doesn't look like they're night from where I was, kind of up high. I mean, I wasn't up high, high, but I was right there, kind of just above the wall. Was where my seat was at the press row at the press box, and and I'm up in the corner there, so I didn't quite hear a ton of talking, but I still think to me that's what I'm seeing is a lack of communication. Um, they're losing people, whether it's on a switch or or they or or just a, a a cut where they think somebody's picking up and they're you know or or transition. So I would really want to keep an eye on communication, and I want to see how they finish at the rim. Uh, that's been a little bit of the struggle, even in these last two mm-hmm. wins, they did not finish well against Stanford. They didn't and particularly well against. Uh, Murray State or Lipscomb. So, how how well do they finish at the rim?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, good looks. So, the other game that they'll be playing then down in Fort Myers is against Princeton. That game will be on Saturday, early tip time, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m um central time. That game is not going to be on TV, but I think you can get it streaming. Is that what I understand, Jeff? Uh, that's what I Yeah.
1: That's what I yeah. believe the website is that fswbucks.com and I think it's one of the universities down there. So I'm that's okay. what I'm hoping because it's not on Big 10 Plus and it's and it's not on Fox yeah. or anything else. So if it's not on TV, I'm not going to be if it's not on that website, I'm not going to see it.
0: Right. Yeah. So <laughs> Um, so Princeton is currently two and one overall. They have beat Duquesne and middle Tennessee. And as Jeff kind of mentioned earlier, um, they did just take UCLA. Who are they number four right now? Is that what yeah, I remember? UCLA I is four. four ranked fourth. Um, so they took them down to the wire and only lost by three. So, you know, Princeton has historically um, not been a bad program. And, you know, they get a bad rap being in the Ivy League and not one of the, you know, you know top major program programs um, conferences, but I don't think Princeton is anybody you can sleep on at all. Um, so we'll have to keep an eye on them as well. So they play, um, university of San Diego today, and then down in Fort Myers, their first game on Thursday will be against Oklahoma. So I will be probably watching both of those games on Thursday plan to be there for both. So, um, in terms of record last year, Princeton was 24 and six. Um, they lost in the second round to a very good Utah team. So Mm
1: -hmm. In Utah, um, again, in Salt Lake, in Salt Lake City.
0: We better be sleeping on in terms of and Salt Lake City. That's right. Yeah, I forgot that. Um, in terms of the Princeton, Indiana series, it, we are one and one all time. Our last meeting, if you all recall, we played um, Princeton in the second round of the 2022 NCAA and squeaked out of there with the 56-55 win. So again, I hopefully you know we have some a lot of the players that were on that Indiana team that squeaked out of there. Um, so hopefully they remember that and they remind all the current players that weren't there. You know that Princeton's not somebody to just take lightly. So. Um, you want to talk about coaching and players?
1: Yeah, but you know, you mentioned that. Uh, how many of them really were there? Sid came in after that game as a transfer. The sophomores That's like true. Lily and Lex didn't play, weren't there. Sarah it's, came in after that year. So there really is only really like just Chloe two, and Mack
0: Mac. and Yarden. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right. So there's no, really Yarden, not a lot Yarden of teams. Yarden wouldn't have
0: been there either. No, Yarden wasn't but, there either. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you've really only got yeah, a couple people two. left from that team. You know, <laughs> well, hopefully Co- really.
0: Chloe and, and McKenzie are, are telling them all.
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure <laughs> about Coach I'm sure Coach Morton is too. The other thing also, so we'll 100%. talk about head coach Carla Burube. And I did a little more digging on on this, and I did not realize this. She had played at UConn. She was a big, you know, she scored over a thousand points at UConn back in the '90s. She was on the '95 that first '95 championship team for Geno. Uh, this is officially her fifth season at Princeton, but it's actually only her fourth on the sideline. And the reason the, the asterisk here is the, she got hired in the fall of 19 and the Ivy didn't, or she got fi- hired in the fall of 20, excuse me. And oh. then the Ivy yeah, didn't play didn't at play. all in 2021. The Ivy, the Ivy mm-hmm. didn't play. So she's really only getting her fourth year on the, or no, she got hired. I take it back. She got hired in 19, but then they didn't play at all that COVID year. So that's why it's only yeah. her fourth season on the sideline, but there's 77 and 13, Crazy, in that time isn't it? yeah i mean they are just <laughs> yeah. dominating the ivy to a certain degree and then she spent 17 years at division three toughs where and so with that and along with her princeton time she's 461 and 109 in her career i mean she's, <laughs> she's she knows reference. how to coach you know yeah just one of those things don't don't just think because she's at princeton you know that now she's she's shown that they can win games and, and be competitive uh in games they like i said they took uh that round that utah game i think was only a nine point game last year in salt lake city they took us to the wire two years ago so the player you really want to watch for on saturday with princeton is caitlin chin five nine senior guard she was the Mm -hmm. ivy league player of the year last year career-wise she's a 14 point game score three rebounds four assists 45% field goal shooter, 76% free throw shooter. Um, And she was all Ivy the league before, but she's the defending Ivy League player of the year. Madison St. Rose, a 5'10 sophomore guard, was the Ivy League rookie of the year last year. And as a freshman, she averaged nine points, three rebounds, and shot 78%. She did not have a really good shooting percentage, I noticed, so, you know, as a guard. But I would be interested and kind of keep an eye on her because I not only because she was the Ivy League rookie of the year, but, you know, I've got a feeling she'll probably shoot a little better. And then the other one is Sky Belker, 5'9", freshman guard. And the only reason I kind of threw her in here, Kathy, she scored 20 against UCLA. She went scoreless in their first game against Duquesne, but then she scored 20 against the number four team in the country. So I got a feeling Belker's going to be a kid that's going to – a player that's going to play a quite a, quite well for them going on, and I don't think you overlook her on Saturday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup. I don't think they have anyone of huge size, right. But they can really shoot the ball. Really great guard play. um, Especially from Caitlin Chen. I remember Caitlin Chen. I thought she had just a heck of a game um, against us in that NCAA tournament um, back in 22 um, so I'm, I'm excited for this game too. I think this is going to be a yet another test for our Hoosiers here early on into the season. That's going to play dividends for us, I think, down, down the road. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a place in particular. I really hope that we can get our guard defense kind of ratcheted up. Um, you know, like you mentioned a couple of times, we mentioned a lot against Stanford, just teams, the ability for them to drive on us and, um, I think is going to be important in this game. Cause and I think that their guard play is something that we're really going to have to see how we can defend it. So that's going to be, to me, the key in this game is our guard defense in particular.
1: And Kathy, you may not remember her name, but the girl that played there two years ago and then transferred to Maryland last year, yes. I can't remember her name, but her name she was, anymore. the she was the Ivy league player of the year in 22 and yep. so now, and now, you know, here was Chin being the player of the year in 23. So Bar- Coach Barube is was, ta- was able to take, they lost the player of the year and replace, and I shouldn't say replace, but then was able to have the player of the year. <laughs> Produce the another year. one. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. So the, I do not overlook this game. I, I yep, mean, do absolutely. not assume just because it's Ivy League that it's going to be a cakewalk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like you mentioned their coach, she knows what she's doing. Um, and I think that this is definitely going to be, um, quite a matchup. So I think two really fantastic games coming up for the team down in Fort Myers. So I think we'll see what our defense is made of. Let's see if we can get it, you know, ratcheted up over here. Um, oh, thanks John in the chat, Abby Myers. That's exactly correct. Thank um, you. Abby Myers was the one who transferred. So, um, but I think that wraps us up here for what we wanted to talk about today's for Friday and today's game and our upcoming games. I believe so. All right, well, let's hit a little music and we'll talk about what's up next for for us.
1: Yeah, I was trying to update the run sheet real quick. I realized I hadn't done it. <laughs>
0: All right. So what's next up next for us? Again, we already mentioned Indiana women take on Tennessee on Thursday, November 23rd. Um, Again, just as a reminder, that tip time is six Eastern five central. So hopefully you've had your um, after your Turkey dinner nap and you're ready to go. You're um, got the Fox on. And um, then uh, right after that, Jeff is going to be doing a post game show. Maybe with me, um, we'll see if I can get connected um, while I'm down in Fort Myers. So I'll try to join him from my phone. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And um, otherwise, our next episode of yes, yeah, so our next episode of doing the work will be again on Thursday, right after that game. So approximately eight Eastern, seven Central. On the men's side, assembly call will be back tomorrow. They had a post game show today after UConn, and they will be back tomorrow after the men play Louisville on Monday. Um, Jeff, one last thought. Any other things to take us out before uh, we kind of wrap this up?
1: Yeah. Um I just want to see us keep getting better. I want us to go like you, you know, you talk about Coach Moore gave us a C on Friday, Coach Moore gave us a B today. We need to have an A effort defensively on fr- on Friday or on Thursday and Saturday. That's the only way we're really gonna go two and zero. I don't think we can try to I don't think we we can outscore them 90 to 85. I I don't right. I don't think that's how we beat Tennessee. I think we gotta be able to beat them. 80 to 68, I think we get, you know, 70, 75, 60, something like that. We got to play good enough defense that we're not giving up, you know, 85, 90 points to them. And I don't know if Princeton, well, we Princeton scored 74 against UCLA. So we, I don't think we beat Princeton by giving up 75 to them either. So
0: absolutely. Defense is going to have to get stepped up here real quick. So, yep. all right. Well, with that, we will wrap this up. So if you want, you can go out and uh, watch the men's soccer team. Who's in a tight match right now um, two two, but okay. for next time. What was that?
1: It's two to two, I believe.
0: It's two to two now. All right. So we can go cheer out on our Hoosiers and the um, soccer um, side of things. So if you want to see us do the live show and be part of our live chat, you can make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is now youtube.com slash at the at symbol at Back Home Network. You can be part of our private community as well. You can find out more about that at assemblycall.substack.com. Again, that's assemblycall.substack.com. Special thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design for designing our logos. Thank you to Bob Thompson for the music that you heard throughout the broadcast. And most of all, thank you all for listening, whether live or after the fact. We really appreciate your support. Um, And we will be back to talk hoops with you again on Thursday after the Tennessee game. But until then, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. Well, I think we can wrap this up and I'm going to go get me some dinner. So yeah,
1: we already kind (laughs) of ate our dinner a little early, but I'm just going to go chill. And it's a short week for me because with, we get actually Wednesday and Thursday, Friday off with some places obviously don't get Wednesday off, but we get Wednesday as well. So, but anyway, Hey, good show tonight.
0: Yeah, it was great. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, we're, I'm only working two and a half days this week. I don't have Wednesday off, but I'm taking the afternoon off because we're flying down Wednesday afternoon. So yep.
1: yeah, so short I'll week
0: too. busy week.
1: I'll be on here Thursday. So I'll shoot you the link earlier okay. in the day or something like yep. that, but you know, or on Wednesday, but if you can hop on, hop on, if not, I'll just try to carry the water and buy solo. You I just it. think we got to have one Thursday because I'm not sure we'll have Agreed. one Saturday because who knows if we how many people have access to watch it. You know, if that right. FSW buck exactly. somehow needs to be a pay. I'm not paying for one game. Right.
0: Right. You know. So hopefully it's not. So yeah. all right, yeah. Jeff. Thanks a lot and have a great short two days of work.
1: You too, Kathy. I'll talk to you on Thursday. Hopefully.
0: Hopefully. Sounds everybody, great. Everybody Take care. Everybody have th- happy Thanksgiving, Bye, everybody. Everyone. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Ugh. Good show.